the Bird's Eye View podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman. We're down here at the NovaCare Complex. Zach, week two of organized team activities, otherwise known as OTAs. And this is our second practice that we've been allowed to attend. And I guess the number one takeaway has to be about the quarterback. He's look good. I agree. Carson Wentz, you, do, you don't want to say he's back to 2017 form because you need to see a live yeah. pass rush and a game to say that. But I think it's pretty clear he's much better than he was last summer, last spring, summer. Obviously, last spring he wasn't a full participant. In the summer, he was in at the beginning, then out. And he's A, he's getting through practices. B, there's no knee brace on him, as he discussed. And C, he's, he's just throwing well, playing well, playing with confidence. Uh, I think it's a good sign, and it's the most important development for the Eagles this year. Yeah, now the Eagles haven't really said anything about whether he's cleared for contact. We're months away from that. Yes. Um, with, but when Doug Peterson and Carson were both asked about whether the, the, the stress fracture in his back was completely healed, they kind of uh, stayed away from that answer. So, that aside, Clear I feel... contact only really matters for the preseason game. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so yeah, we're, we're ways off from that. So, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, you never know. But that aside... Uh, Again, you know, I know we were saying this point last year when, when Carson was out there. If it wasn't for the knee brace, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, know that he was hurt. I don't know if that was entirely true. Um, I think some of it had to do with the uh, the knee. Maybe some of it had to do with the fact that he wasn't as confident in in, in wearing that brace and going out there and still not playing uh, as much as he does uh, typically. But he's doing everything in practice at this point, and it's been interesting to see. Uh, how he's been working with Deshaun Jackson. There weren't really many connections last week, but there were a few more this week. Uh, nothing deep. I think the one time he went to Deshaun deep, he threw a little bit outside of him, and, and by the time Deshaun looked back, the, the pass had sailed over his head. But that's going to take some time. Obviously, chemistry needs to build, be built up between those two, but that should certainly be an electrifying pairing, I think. I don't know. What do you think of Deshaun so far? Yeah, I mean, I, in Deshaun's case, looks he's, he's looked good. Uh, wide receivers often look good this time of year, especially when you're fast, yeah. because you know there's there's no contact. They're not bumping him at the line. You're seeing a lot of underneath stuff with him. Um, as you said, you're not really seeing those deep balls per se. In talking to Nelson Aguilar, one thing Nelson said is Deshaun doesn't get enough credit for his route running, and I think what you're seeing with Deshaun out there is his ability to get open. Uh, that's what jumps out to me is that. He's found ways to get open during these sessions. Now, we've only been here two sessions. There's no contact. We'll see what it's like in games. But I think the speed's there, and that's the only thing you really are curious about. It has, there, has he lost notable steps? And that doesn't appear to be the case right now. Yeah, I think one thing that Deshaun certainly brings to practices, though, is a certain uh, swag. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Deshaun always has that. Deshaun yeah. has that in a softball game. So yeah. Right, right. Um, you know, certainly some of the – the Deshaun stuff that I'm used to seeing him kind of off the one, not even near the practice, talking to the security guard. <laughs> but he's practicing. Like that's he's here. He's here. Which which is a nice segue. Into, and there hasn't been like a hamstring injury or anything yet. No, either, so. no, that's true. That might come in August. But yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, it's a nice segue into who isn't here, and there are a lot of big name veterans that aren't here for various reasons. Uh, Jason Peters, I don't think many of us expect him to be here. I think, as far as we know, he's healthy and. There's probably no point in him risking any injury by being here. 
Lane Johnson, a bit of a surprise because typically he is here, but he hasn't been here at least for the two practices, and I, I know for a fact it's been more than that. Um, you don't have to worry about him getting his work done. He's he's working out. Of course, you want to be careful about what exactly he's using to help him work out. But, uh, no, I, I don't think Lane's an issue. Fletcher Cox coming off the injury. He, he's probably here. He just hasn't been out in the field. There's a he number of guys like he, that. He said he's not here until training. He said he won't practice until training camp. Right. So, yeah, I mean, players coming off surgeries, Cox, Bradham, um, Brandon Brooks, obviously. Uh, those guys, you knew you weren't going to see them this yeah. spring. We've seen Rodney McLeod, Ronald Derby out there. These are guys also coming off surgery. They've been kind of rehabbing here at the facility. We've seen them a little bit of practice just out there, maybe working on a separate field. Um, but they won't be practicing. Derek Barnett has been involved a little more than those guys, but he has been practicing in team drills. Uh, anyone else I'm missing? Well, Alshon Jeffrey's not practicing, or he's not present. We don't know if it's injury-related. We don't know if it's just because it's voluntary. Uh, Alshon did have the injury late last season that he kind of kept quiet. It came out after the playoff game. Uh, he's in Philly. His social media will tell you that. He just hasn't been on the field in practice. Right. Not a big deal. These are these are voluntary workouts uh, for a lot of these veterans. Um, I don't think they necessarily need to be here. You'd like them. I'm sure the coaches would like for everyone to be here. I guess the one, and we've talked about this, the one notable absence, excuse me, has been Malcolm Jenkins because um, um, this is contract related. He does want to have his his contract rework, reworked. Um, Malcolm, uh, you asked Jim. No, was it you? Someone asked Jim Schwartz about you know what kind of impact is not having Malcolm here, and his answer was, you know, obviously he brings a lot in terms of his leadership skills but you know when the when the ball's dropped or you know when the when the puck's dropped he expects Malcolm to be here and, and performing um we'll see I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case he said when it weeks. counts basically that's okay what he right, yeah, he I mean, right yeah so and, and when does it count I think one? the season yeah the season so he's not if he's not here until <laughs> yeah and and what Jim Schwartz and I thought Jim Schwartz put it better than Doug Peterson did frankly Jim Schwartz said... Oh, wow, that's, been, that's <laughs> often the case. Yeah, Jim Schwartz said there's a lot of other guys who um, need to show the team what they can do. Malcolm already has money in the bank, which was an interesting expression for <laughs> Jim Schwartz to use. You wonder if... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was dropping some sort of uh, subtle to Howie. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment, although it is a noteworthy absence because Malcolm Jenkins is always here. Uh, he, he never misses a practice, never misses a game. I can, I, I can only remember one or two practices that he's ever missed um, since he came here yeah. in 2014. So it's notable that he's absent. Um, I tend to think that they can and should figure out a solution here at the team. Uh, that being said, Malcolm did sign a contract. I mean, ultimately, Malcolm's going to play. I, I, I don't think Malcolm's going to sit out the season. Uh, so it's just a matter of can they work something out? Yeah, I don't think he wants the world, and I don't think the Eagles are going to give him the world. Yeah, yeah, no, but I don't think Howie's uh, going to, you know, bite off his nose to spite his face when it comes to Malcolm. Do maybe something that you did with Brandon Graham, just sweeten the deal a little bit, and I think that's that's that could be all that Malcolm wants, some sort of show of sign of respect. Uh, I would say two absences, though, that stick out to me are Miles Sanders and Zach Brown. Uh, Miles Sanders, of course, being a rookie, you want to see him out there. He needs to learn the offense. And Zach Brown being a newcomer, 
needs to be out there learning the offense. Zach Brown is injured. I mean, he's there. Um, he was with Jim Schwartz today with a bucket hat. Miles Sanders also injured. Don't know what his injury is. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't make a big deal about Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Alshon Jeffrey not being here. When a, a guy who needs to kind of learn the system isn't on the field, that's when it can kind of set them back come August. One of the guys that I guess I was a little surprised that he hasn't been here is Matt Collins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is I the mean, longest. I, I shouldn't laugh because he clearly is injured. But And you never you wonder about his career at this point. But just, I mean, this was a guy who, when he spoke to us week one last year, was, was playing. Was playing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he went on we IR. don't even see him. And this just injury just kept getting, I mean, for the fact that he's he's not out here uh, what, 10 months later, nine months later? For sports yeah. hernia, from what we've been told? Yeah, so that's that's an or interesting gro- I mean, they've, right. groin has been the, the most that Doug has said about it. And so look, maybe it's beyond uh, just a sports hernia. And if you're Matt Collins, I mean, for, for Matt Collins' first two years here, his roster spot was set. Now the Eagles have three wide receivers entrenched as their top three. Alshon, Nelson Aguilar, Deshaun. And then they have J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who is... He's, he's their second round pick. He's be getting on the a team. lot of first round yeah. first team reps. To and you got to think he's their number four receiver. So Matt Collins is competing for the number five spot. Right now you could keep six at that spot yeah. at that position. But um, interesting to see what's going to happen with him. But I'm, I'm just saying, Hollins isn't someone who who you're saying this guy's a part of, of your offense this year, no doubt about it. Because I think there are four guys who you can say these guys are part of your offense. Uh, don't forget about Sheldon Gibson. <laughs> Yeah, Shelton's clock might be ticking. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, back to the field and, and what happened uh, out there. Uh, one guy I, I want to focus on a little bit, and there's a lot of question about him coming off his first two years and injury-prone first two years to Sidney Jones. Um, he's been working at least the two practices. Well, I spoke to him today, but uh, he's been working mostly on the outside, something that he didn't do very much at this point last year. It seemed like right from the get-go they were like, okay, Let's see him. Let's see him at slot. Let's see yeah. what he can do at slot. And with Darby and Mills not practicing, that's allowed him to be "quote unquote" the first team uh, outside cornerback. How do you think he's looked so far? Hard to say. I know, but yeah, I mean, good. I think. Um, yeah, he 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 hasn't looked bad, and I've I've been very bullish on Sidney Jones since he got here. Uh, I will admit, I didn't think last year was a good representative of the player he can be. Um, one And I, I don't want to steal your thunder here. One thing that's stood out to me this year is we're seeing him more on the outside. During training camp last year, he was in the slot. During the early part of the year, he was in the slot. And I think, and Sidney said this, that we, he's best when he's on the outside. That's when he played at Washington. So yeah. that stood out to me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you can go more in detail. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I'm just wondering what that, that position is going to look like. Like, who are your corners? Well, are, are Darby and Mills healthy week one? Well, no. Yeah, what are you... Let, if everyone's healthy? Yeah. I mean, I would say... Darby and Mills. I would think about Sydney and Darby. I mean... No, Schwartz loves Mills. Yeah, but Jalen Mills is entering a contract year, finished last year with an injured foot. Um, if he's healthy, because that, that's healthy. the question. Yeah, you, you've got to see what he looks like. Um, so it's... It's hard to say. I mean, I mean, this is this is the only year I can remember when there really is no competition for roster spots. It seems they have six guys who are 
going to be on the team. Yeah. When you talk about the three we've, we've mentioned, you know, then Rasul Douglas, Avante Maddox, and Craven LeBlanc. And frankly, it's, it's, it's a weird situation because you can make an argument for all six getting time. Like if, if you said to me, based on the way they played last year, LeBlanc should be your slot and Rasul and Avante should be on the outside, I think you can make a compelling argument. Yeah. I think Avante is going to be the slot. And I, I guess I agree with you in that Sydney, talent-wise, should be the outside guy. And here's the other reason. He's a second-round pick. Yes. Like, this is it. This is year three. If he's not starting at cor- outside cornerback by year three, if you're a second-round pick, I'm sorry. I don't care. You, you Forget about the, that first year that you basically called a redshirt year. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder about your draft pick. Yeah, it's about and, production, not potential this year. And your, and your decision to draft a guy – that was coming off an Achilles uh, tendon rupture. I'm questioning it. I agree with you. Yeah, you you need to see it on the field, and they take that a, a step further. Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills are both they're both in contract years. Um, Sidney Jones is a guy who is going to be here for two to three more seasons at, at at least because he's a restricted free agent after 2020. So I would give Sidney every chance to win that job, in my opinion, based right. on talent. Based on contract, based on upside. Does Schwartz do that for Howie? I think Schwartz might need to do that for Schwartz because, I mean, we we covered it at Austin last year. Jalen was uneven. Now, uh, I mean, Jim Schwartz had that quote, they don't have a parade on Broad Street without Jalen Mills. But you can't keep clinging to the Super Bowl. At, at some point, it needs to be what you're seeing on the field. And if Sidney Jones plays well this summer, then I think Sidney Jones should be a starter. I'm him. happy to hear that you used the word Super Bowl. <laughs> Unlike our defensive coordinator. Yes. The game in Minnesota, as he likes to call it. <laughs> Who's he talking about in that regard? He was talking about Vinny Curry. They haven't seen Vinny – or that, that that the last game Vinny Curry played for the Eagles was in Minnesota. And then he said they haven't seen a healthy Tim Jernigan since that game in Minnesota. It would have been better – the economy of words would have been better if he just said since the Super Bowl. But I'm amused by Jim Schwartz because – I mean, they, they don't bring back Vinny unless he's ha- he's okay with it. Of course, they, they brought him back for on the rel- on the relative cheap. But it was Schwartz who kind of really buried Vinny a little bit. And remember, if you if you recall, he was the one who pointed out that Vinny can't stay off the turf. <laughs> yeah. Um, which leads me to my other. Uh, but Howie question. does love Vinny Curry. He does. Howie drafted him and gave him an extension. Right. He, yeah. Way. Uh, an overpriced extension that eventually led to his release because how he gave a bad contract. That was a bad contract. I agree. Yeah, yeah, it, if you release contract. someone, what, two years in? Yeah, yeah bad, so. bad contract. And he, and he, and he really was not productive. Yeah. Yeah. Not productive at all. But uh, I think he's uh, not productive contract. enough for yeah. what you were paying him. I think on the contract he's on now as your third or fourth defensive end. Yeah, he's, 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 Fine. I mean, but what if he's your defense. third? What if he's your third defensive end? I asked Jim Schwartz this question. Just something I've hammered um, this off season. You know, Michael Bennett's no longer here. Mm-hmm. Chris Long is now retired. That is sixteen and a half sacks, fifty-one quarterback hits, and I forget the number of tackles for loss, but but fifteen, sixteen, somewhere around there, that are no longer on this roster. Who is going to replace that production? Yeah, I mean, my answer is Malik Jackson. I'm, I've been high on Malik Jackson, frankly, before they signed him. We can look at our text message receipts. When when Jacksonville released him, I said, this is a guy the Eagles should look at. And uh, he's going to be on the field third downs. I mean, Jim Schwartz didn't say that explicitly, but essentially said that 
yeah. in his defense in the past, he's played you know two defensive tackles for all three downs, and Malik Jackson is a really good interior pass. Who do you like as a better rusher, Malik Jackson or Michael Bennett? Um, and I'm, I know that they play yeah. different spots. Well, I mean, Michael Bennett. Uh, actually, no, that's a good question. I yeah, think, I think that I would go Michael Bennett as an interior rusher, though. Michael Bennett's probably a better interior rusher than so? edge okay. rusher. Yeah, okay. What more of his sacks have come there? Well, well, well last like, season, uh, that's where he played him third okay, down. Okay, and who do you like better, Chris Long or Vinnie Curry? Chris Long, definitely. All right, so that's my question. But I don't question. think Vinnie Curry's going to be on the field on third downs. I think Vinnie Curry's going to mix in and All right, but down. you're still rushing on pass plays. I like Derek Barnett. You're still rushing on pass plays. Yeah, well, Derek Barnett was hurt here last year. Yeah, now, no, those, I'm now saying. Those, now, those guys don't get those opportunities without Derek yeah. getting hurt. So you have to you have to point that out. I think third down's going to be... I think third down is going to be Barnett, Graham, and then and then Cox yeah. and Jackson. Yeah, no, it's it's still a good foursome. It's a good foursome, and they're a little younger, not significantly younger. Um, I just wonder if the defensive line is is better than. Yeah, it was. and and you know, and and in, I, I guess to add to your point, they didn't need to trade Michael Bennett. Um, right. You know, you could say there was you know, locker room stuff or, or whatever, but. Bottom line, he was a productive player who was under contract at a, at a reasonable number. Now, he, he, he might have wanted more. He could have figured that out, but he was a good player. Well, I mean, the Patriots yeah. gave him more, but it was, yeah. like, it was peanuts. It was, yeah. just, it was just a, a sass, you know. Exactly. Uh, Chris Long was a really good player, and I, I, I tried making this point. You've written it more eloquently than anyone else. For all the talk about what he is in the locker room, you don't last 11 years in the league and have 70 sacks if you're a good guy. Yeah. He, he, can, he can get to the quarterback. He showed that. Over the past two years, um, they so I would have found a way to keep them. Now, I don't think the Eagles have ever been in a in a situation before where they said, "No, take your like take our money. We want you on the contract you're on. Just play fewer snaps." Usually, it's the other way around. Usually, yeah. the Eagles are like, "You're only coming back at this number." And Chris Long isn't your ordinary player, exactly. Or so, person. so I really think they're going to miss Chris Long, and I don't know if Josh Sweat or Sharif Miller can be that number four defensive end that you need in that rotation. But I think defensive end is a big question mark right now. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't actually rule out Howie doing something over these next few months, bringing someone else in, or possibly making a trade. I agree. But I think if, if Barnett is what um, I think he is, what the team thinks he is, then it, they just the, the pressure's on Derek Barnett, basically. Tons of pressure, and he has been out there practicing, yeah. and that's fine. He's coming off the torn ro- rotator cuff. Injury, um, and we haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. So it'll be interesting to see how he approaches this offseason. He's the number 14 pick in the draft. Like, he needs to be a blue chip player for you. Yes. Will he be that? Yes. Pro Bowler. Uh, I'm not saying this year, but eventually. A double digit sack guy. Yeah. Okay. That's good enough. Yeah. I mean, is he one of the. What six best defensive ends in the league? I, I or in the NFC? I don't know about that, yeah. but I think he's gonna be a double digit, a double digit sack guy. I think he'll be, he'll have, I mean, more production than what Brandon Graham's had for you. And Brandon Graham's been a really good yeah. pass rusher for the Eagles. Yeah, I think the jury's still out in Dark Brennan. Oh, I agree. I mean, I I I, I want to you know bet on it right now, but he's yeah. you're not getting up on the chair here. No, no, no. But I think the talent's there. I think the work ethic is there. I think you know the upside's there. So, yeah, I I still think he's a good, he's he's a really good player. Okay, real quick here, let's go through some uh, players that maybe I, I, look. They're running around in shorts. They got just shells on, no pads. It's it's hard to make a lot of evaluations at this point. But that being said, 
um, you can gather some information. Sure. I think especially for the rookies, the first time you get to see them. Who are some guys you think that have kind of stood out a little bit in regards to playing at this point? The, the, uh, the, the top two draft picks from 2018. So Dallas Goddard and Avante Maddox are yeah. two guys that have stood out. Um, Dallas Goddard, they need to get him on the field. You've written that. You've asked a lot of questions about two tight end sets. I'm not the only one. Um, he's, he's a good player. And I'm really curious how the Eagles split up playing time because they have two tight ends, three receivers, and, and I guess one or two running backs that they want to get on the field. Um, and then Avante Maddox. I think has has swarmed, especially that first practice. Um, he was all over the place. He can play slot, he can play outside. He showed last year he can play safety. I think he's someone who's, who's going to have a, a good role in the Eagles. They really like him. As I they should. I think Jim Schwartz really likes him as well. Um, I'm going to go with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Okay. He had a really nice catch in the end zone today, a corner fade from Carson Wentz versus uh, Sidney Jones. I don't think there's anything Jones could have done about breaking that pass up. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with JJ. Um, you know, you were asking about what what kind of role we'll see him in. And I would imagine in the red zone is going to be one of the primary areas. You know, take Deshaun off the field and get JJ in uh, down there inside the twenty. Um, Trying to think of other players that have stood out to me. Oh, offensive line. You know, the fact that Holly Pooley Vati Vaitai is at, at right guard, um, whether the Eagles are doing that for them in terms of versatility or whether they want to make him more attractive to a potential trade uh, partner. Um, I guess he would have to be number one on the list, although I think there's a few other guys that the Eagles potentially trade if I they do. need somebody. Um, I think Nelson Aguilar is a possibility, and I think that Sidney Jones maybe. Is a possibility or one of those corners? I wouldn't trade Sidney Jones. That I, I mean, I, I feel strongly about that. I, I feel like he's here for three more seasons, as we mentioned earlier, uh, because of the restricted free agency tag, and I just wouldn't move him. I, I yeah, wouldn't move another corner. I, I don't think how he does that. It's, it's his draft pick. It would be admitting, admitting defeat to some extent. Um, but I do feel like there's probably value there. Other teams probably look at him and say, okay, maybe this is the guy that doesn't have an opportunity here. He'll get an opportunity there, and the Eagles can get something in return to help, let's say, the defensive end position. Now, now I'm not saying this is going to happen. I, yeah. I just keep thinking of guys in that I think. In terms that, of trade chips, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. Now, in, in terms of Vitae, this is a guy who started in the Super Bowl. He has significant starting experience, can play left and right side. If he can play guard, that helps you even more. And he's not part of the team's long-term plans as a starter because they drafted Andre Dillard. Um, so he profiles to me as an ideal trade candidate, but the thing is you need to be confident that Dillard can be your swing tackle in game days in order to do that. Right. Or my lot. Right. I think the reason why, and you know, another another piece of evidence as to why Big V is probably a potential trade chip is that there was talk about him getting a, an extension this offseason mm-hmm. prior to Andre Dillard being drafted. That no longer is in the cards from what I understand, so... Why? Because if something happens, if or if Dillard, you know, they they got to see how Dillard performs here. But I think before they decide whether, you know, Big V is expendable. Um, but if again, if they need, if someone else gets hurt in another position, they need something um, at defensive end. Big V, I think, would be a guy that could fetch either a player, potential starter, or what a fifth round pick, maybe. Yeah, I would think. I mean, they got a fifth rounder from Matt Tobin, basically, and. 
Vitae's a better player than Tobin. Yeah, I want a Super Bowl with him. Um, Nelly, what would it take to, to move him? I guess maybe J.J. would have to kind of be able to yeah. step in that role. Matt Collins would come back. Honestly, I, I think you would need to commit to two tight ends being your offense for 70% of the snaps, basically. Um, I'm okay with that. I'd be okay with that, too, although it limits you in terms of your yeah. playbook, I think. Right. Uh, although you can line Ertz up in the slot. I mean, you can be creative there. And, frankly, you can play Deshaun or Alshon in the slot and get J.J. Arcega-Whiteside on the field. I spoke to Nelson Aguilar today. The first question was about him being back here, um, if he was surprised. And he said he, he never really worried about it because the question was never will he be in the league. He'd be playing somewhere. Um, he's obviously confident in his skill set. One thing that jumped out about the conversation is Doug Peterson specifically said at the Combine that the player who was really affected by the Golden Tate trade was Nelson Aguilar. And the, the reason was Nelson had to move around. And Nelson said that it, he really didn't lend uh, – he, he didn't say that was accurate. He said he learned a lot with that trade, having to play different spots. But he said, don't view him only as a slot receiver. I think the Eagles view him as, as a slot receiver. Oh, absolutely. Again, there's four years of evidence to say that he just he's not an outside guy. Yeah, he can go outside occasionally here and there, but that's not going to be where he's going to thrive. And we saw that when the, you know, after they traded for Golden Tate, when Golden would play in the slot and Nelson would move outside, he wasn't that productive. He, he's a slot. I do wonder how much of his playing time is going to be affected exactly. by Dallas Goddard. It's a huge I, question. Right. And, I, and I, this is why I think Nelson ultimately stays. And this is why they didn't trade him this offseason. And I don't think they really considered it that much. I think, if anything, the noise that we were hearing about that was to throw off teams and to have them believing that the Eagles were interested in Hollywood Brown. Um, I, I think with I like now, that theory. That's a good one. I think that's, well, that's kind of yeah. what I heard. Uh, I think with um, – with Nelson, though, look, they want as many weapons as they possibly can exactly. get. And they don't have to worry. Then, look, there's only one ball to go around, so some guys are not going to be completely happy. Well, Nelson's in his last year of his contract, and I think this will be his last year in Philadelphia. So, hey, sorry, Nelson. You're probably not going to get as many targets and play as much as you did beforehand. That's just part of the deal here. But he's still going to go out there and perform because he's playing on his, con- on his, con- his con- in a contract year, right? I agree. And, and he knows it's a contract year, although – that's what you want. You want yeah. guys here. You want guys playing for. Look, I'm not saying that's going to be the ultimate ultimate motivating factor, but it is. I don't think they move him either. Um, but it's one of them. It is because a I, I think he's a good player, and b I uh, for the reason you said. I think they want as many weapons as possible. I think they know they have a window here that they have a lot of aging players, and and this is their chance to right. strike. That being said, if during the summer, it looks like. You need to find ways to get Dallas Goddard and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside on the field. And something you've mentioned to me before, you look back to Jordan Matthews in 2017 when it was clear they had to get Nelson on the field, they traded Matthews. Um, so if, if you feel like you need to get Goddard and Arcega-Whiteside playing time, then you're not trading Alshon, you're not trading Deshaun. Um, Nelson would be the guy you try to move. Right. And Dallas, I think, would be probably only realistically the only guy to make you think that. Because, again, J.J., how much are you going to really know until he goes out there and plays in games? No, that's true. That's so true. I, I think you were just kind of giving one example. We both agree. Most likely Nelson's back. And I think I think if I would pick someone, I think maybe Sydney more likely than Nelson. But Big E would be a number one guy that I think that could be dealt. Yeah. Now, I, I would think Rasul would be before Sydney. 
I think probably it, it's a good it's a fair point. Um, he, he's put enough on film <laughs> so the teams know what what he can do. He's not a bad player. Yeah. Clearly, probably has the ability to start somewhere in this league, if not for the Eagles. Um, not a safety as yeah. he's been <laughs> one, as, he, as he's pointed out. Many not times. a slot either. <laughs> not a slot either. Yeah. Outside, outside corner. That, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, so that, that, that's pretty much it, I guess, to wrap up for the uh, first two open practices that we've been able to attend. Uh, Eagles will have two open practices next week, and the week after that it will be a three-day mandatory minicamp. We'll be there for every practice, so we'll have a few more of these before we break for the summer. Uh, that's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McClain. Thanks a lot again for listening to the Bird's Eye View Podcast.